Our first reading tonight comes from Luke, chapter 10, verses 38 to 42. As as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things. But only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. What would you do if Jesus was coming to your house for tea, or dinner, as you guys call it? Would you get out your best tablecloth? Would you use your good set of plates, you know, the ones you keep for a special occasion when the in-laws are coming? Would you get out the posh glasses that you keep tucked away and even get out the fancy knives and forks? Would you serve up the usual stuff you eat at your house or would you look up some fancy menu online and practice for weeks on end? Would you serve your best dessert or... Just something plain and simple. Well, Mary and Martha must have been asking themselves those questions because Jesus, who was their friend and not unfamiliar with their place, was coming to visit. Now, someone coming to visit back then was perhaps a bigger deal than it is these days because, of course, there's no phone, Twitter, Facebook, cars, so keeping in touch was more difficult and getting to and from places was considerably slower too. So visits from someone who spends his time travelling around, i.e. Jesus, were few and far between. But when they received word of his visit, you can imagine the trouble they went to in order to get everything ready. We don't know that much about Mary and Martha, but we do know that they welcomed Jesus into their home. But before we think about anything else, I think it's important that we look at the context of this passage of Luke. It comes immediately after Jesus taught the parable of the Good Samaritan. And I think that's significant because it's there that the religious people are condemned for not doing the practical things to help an injured man. And this incident with Mary and Martha, however, seems to teach us the opposite. This seems to be something where what's socially acceptable isn't really what happens. For instance, Mary was sitting with the disciples, and that's not on in those days. All the while, Martha is in the kitchen making food for everybody, which was socially acceptable, preparing a meal for her guests, making sure everything is spot on. But look at what's said about Martha. Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. And I wonder, does that really make sense? Because if it was her job to make the preparations then how is that distracting her? Surely it should be the other way around. Well, I wonder if perhaps she would rather be doing what Mary is doing and sitting at Jesus' feet. But I wonder if instead her sense of duty is what causes her to do what she's doing, what people expect her to do, which is be in the kitchen and make the food. And... I wonder if it's that that's causing her to be distracted and frustrated because she just would rather be listening to Jesus. And then she can't hold in the frustration anymore. And she says, Lord, don't you care that my sister's left me with all the work to do? 
which kind of implies that Mary was helping and then went when Jesus came. But Mary had made a conscious decision, moving on to Mary, that at this God-given moment, being at the feet of Jesus and listening to whatever he had to say was the most important thing. And I wonder if Martha, just a little bit, resented her for that decision. I wonder if Martha resented the fact that Mary left the preparations and got to listen to Jesus when she didn't. Yet Martha goes a little bit further than just a grumble. She then says to Jesus, tell Mary to help. You can see how that's gone a little bit further, can't you? It's no more than a simple complaint. Martha had been busy preparing the meal, living up to the expectations of the day as a host. She was distracted by all the preparations when really all she wanted to do was what Mary had done, which was listen to Jesus sitting at his feet. And her frustration turned to anger and bitterness, and she demands that Jesus tells Mary to help her. It's like she's saying, if I've got work to do, and I can't sit at your feet, then I don't think she should be able to either. Ever find yourself in that situation? Ever felt yourself telling God that people should do what you're doing as well as just you? That they should go through what you're going through? Well, Martha had the gift of hospitality and she wanted Mary to have that too. She didn't want Mary to enjoy the teaching if she had to work in the kitchen while that happened. But it was Martha who'd placed such expectations on herself. I know it was the customs of the day and that's how things were, but I wonder if actually she'd have been all right to go and join in listening to Jesus too. But Martha was concerned about all sorts of things. But all of them were about stuff of the here and now. Stuff that doesn't last, and when you think about it, stuff that doesn't really matter. Mary's concern, however, was about one thing. One thing which is something that will last. Something that continues into the future. Martha's way isn't shameful or anything. Some people say it is, but in fact it's quite good. It's what keeps the world ticking from day to day. People people doing what needs to be done when it needs to be done. Without Martha, Jesus wouldn't have been able to talk to Mary, and she would have been busy too. And Mary could never have listened to Jesus. And you know, there are loads of things that concern us day by day. Things that demand our attention. Things that need our devotion and our passion. But they don't demand infinite attention and they don't demand infinite, unconditional devotion or passion. There's stuff that concerns us all every day that are important, often very important, but not ultimately important. Some things, however, important they seem at the time, in the end just don't really matter. And that's why Jesus praises Mary instead of Martha. Mary chose the right thing, the one thing that everybody needs, the only thing that really matters for everyone. Because think of it like this. Mary didn't sit at the feet of Jesus forever. It was just one evening, afternoon, whatever time of day it was. The next day, he would be leaving. He'd be on his way to Jerusalem. Yet Mary would be able to ponder in her heart what he'd said and what she'd heard while she was listening to him. 
Mary, the next day, would be in the kitchen doing her job as she should be doing, preparing the food, doing housework. I realised that made it sound like women should be in the kitchen. That's not what I think at all. But anyway, (laughs) sharing the workload of preparation, doing the normal day-to-day things. But during that, she'd be able to remember thinking about all that Jesus said and did. She'd be able to ponder in her heart everything that had gone on. She'd met with Jesus and no one could take that away from her. No one could get rid of that experience that she'd had because she'd refused to miss this God-given opportunity to hear Jesus speak. Martha's concern was for what needed to be done. Mary's concern was for Jesus and spending time with him. But what does it mean to be concerned about something? What is that all about? Well, it means that we're involved in it, that we give to it our time or our energy. And when you're really concerned about something, like properly concerned, you find yourself anxious about getting it right, don't you? There's loads of things that interest us, things that provoke our compassion or our horror, depending on what it is. But they're not our real concern. They don't produce the same feelings within us that we find when we're genuinely concerned with something. In our story, Martha was concerned. So just think about the things that will concern us every day. From the moment we wake up, from when we go to sleep. We might be concerned about our work, our family, our relationships. All sorts of things concern us day by day. We might be concerned about the amount amount of stuff we're expected to do in a day. Maybe the amount of housework we have, or the amount of homework we have, or the amount of people that we need to see. We're concerned about ourselves. We're striving for happiness, and so often we concern ourselves with worry about what people might think of us. And of course, we can't forget the most natural concern of all, and that's making sure that we've got enough to get by day by day. But surely it's okay to worry about the everyday things. Surely it's okay that Martha was worried about making sure everyone had everything they needed. Maybe, well, surely it was all right that she wanted to make sure everyone was happy. After all, Jesus was someone who showed concern for all sorts of people. He healed the sick, fed the hungry, he made the blind see. He did things to show real concern to pe- for people. And that concern led people to him. But it's these concerns that we have that take our time and our energy, that if they didn't take our time and energy, nothing would get done, would it? But Jesus dismisses these things as ultimately unimportant. And I wonder why does he do that? Because we've got to do these things. Well, for one, these things can be taken from us. They all come to an end. Our daily concerns don't go on forever. In the short span of our lives, many of them have already disappeared and been replaced by new ones. And they too will disappear. Many of our concerns have vanished and more will come to an end sooner or later. And even though we know that the daily struggles we all have will pass, we work at them as if they're of ultimate significance. They keep our attentions and demand our strength. They distract us from the things we should be concerned about. What then is the one thing that we need? What then is the right thing for us to be concerned about? 
Well, it's the thing that Mary has chosen. It is, of course, God, in the sense that he knew Jesus had, she knew even, that Jesus had a future for her. She could see through the importance of learning from him and spending time with him above the everyday, though necessary stuff that Martha was busier with. You see, God values our attitude and devotion to him more than anything. Jesus said to Martha, only one thing is necessary, and Mary has chosen it. And that thing that Mary chose was sitting at Jesus' feet. Martha had been busy serving, but she wasn't enjoying it. Of course, it's right that she wanted to please him, and it's just that she never allowed the work for Jesus to become more important than Jesus himself, or rather she had allowed that work to become more important. And we should never let ourselves fall into the same trap. We should never let our service come before Jesus himself. What Mary had heard while sitting at the feet is of of eternal value. No one can take it away. It's a memory that she has forever. Sitting in his presence, listening to his voice, hearing the word of God, Nothing can change the fact that she'd had that experience. Martha cannot take it from her. No one there back then could take it from her. Not even death will take it from her. Think of it this way. What in your life is of eternal value? What in your life will not be taken from you? I'm sure at some point you'll have heard someone say, what I would give to be able to go back and change whatever it is. See, we shouldn't allow ourselves to get to the end of our lives or at whatever point during our lives and wish we'd spent more time in God's presence. We should less time being distracted by the worries and upsets of this and that or the expectation or the demands that other people put on us. We shouldn't regret the decisions that we make. But because Mary spent time at Jesus' feet, she later had the confidence to anoint his feet with oil. She didn't care what other people thought. This too wouldn't be taken from her. She knew how much she needed to know more and more about Jesus and get to know him personally. She knew that he should be her number one priority, regardless of what anyone else expected of her. And we all know that we need God, don't we? We all know that he should be our first priority day by day and week by week. But so often we fail to pursue a relationship with him because we let the busyness and normal everyday-to-day stuff get in the way. I wonder, have you ever met someone who just seems to be so full of the presence of God, like they've got such a close relationship with Jesus that it's far more than anything we've ever experienced ourselves? Ever wondered how they're like that? Well, it just seems to me that some people have learned to sit at the feet of Jesus as they go through life. And this shows itself as peace of heart and purpose before God. It doesn't mean they don't work hard too. I think it's possible to work hard and still maintain a rhythm of life that means you're still spending time at the feet of Jesus. You know, Mary is mentioned three times in the Gospel in uh, this account in Luke. Every time Mary is mentioned, she is at the feet of Jesus. You see, Martha opened her home to Jesus and she did her best to meet his every need. Mary, on the other hand, opened her heart and tried her best just to love him. 
It's so easy to end up more like Martha than Mary in serving Jesus and end up ignoring him. Martha laboured and Mary listened. And we need to make sure that we do the same. But let's be clear, both things are important. Without the first, you wouldn't eat. Without the second, you wouldn't worship. And of course, we're all called to balance both. But we can't avoid is the challenge this passage presents to us. It's not just a comment about different Christian lifestyles, about those who labour and those who listen, but it's about Jesus breaking boundaries. He doesn't just bend the boundaries or overstep them, he totally breaks them. And that's a bit of a theme in the Gospels, isn't it? Jesus challenging the things that we consider to be the way things are done or the way things should be. So often we put God in a box and place our own restrictions on him so he seems safe and tame and unthreatening. But the real challenge in this passage goes far beyond that. And what is that real challenge? Well, the real problem between Mary and Martha wasn't the workload that Martha had in the kitchen. No doubt it was real enough and definitely an issue, but it probably wasn't the main issue here. And it probably wasn't necessarily that she was jealous of her sister, that she got to sit at the feet of Jesus while she had to work. The real problem, especially in that day, was that Mary was behaving as if she was a man. In that culture, as in many parts of this world today, houses were divided into male space and female space. And male and female roles were strictly demarcated. Mary had crossed an invisible line but a very important boundary within the house and in her social world. The public room was where the men would meet. In the kitchen and the other parts of the house that people didn't see, that's where the women were. So for women to settle down comfortably among men was bordering on the scandalous. Who did Mary think she was? What right did she have to do that? Only a shameless woman would behave in such a way. Obviously, she should go back to the women's quarters where she belonged. But more than that, by sitting at his feet, she was assuming the role of a disciple. To sit at the feet of a teacher was a decidedly male role. And sitting at someone's feet doesn't mean you're sitting there looking up at them adoringly and gazing into their eyes and just thinking about how wonderful they are. It quite simply meant that you were their student, And to sit at the feet of a rabbi was what you wanted to do if you wanted to be a rabbi yourself. Mary had the nerve to quietly take her place, sitting at the feet of the most important rabbi that there was. It was just unheard of. In fact, it was a scandalous thing for Mary to do. She crossed and broken clear social boundaries, and in doing so, um, was in danger of bringing shame upon her whole household. And the thing that's a shock and will have been regarded as completely scandalous by the, at the time, is that Jesus affirms Mary's right to do so. And like I said before, this is him challenging the norm and breaking boundaries, once more proving that anyone can be a follower of Jesus. No matter who they are or what their background, the gospel is all-inclusive, and it's something that everybody should hear. So I reckon that we need to be a little bit like both of those sisters. We need to be like Mary. We need to 
listen to what Jesus has to say to us. But we need to be like Martha too and make sure that we do the work he'd have us do for his glory. Because Jesus came to dinner at Mary and Martha's house. I called it dinner there without thinking. (laughs) But most famous rabbi in the land came to sit at their table. And even though he was the most famous rabbi of the land, he was their dearest friend. Martha's mind straight away went to work and she'll have been busy planning the menu, cleaning the house, weeding the gardens, distracted about pleasing Jesus. That she distracted and pleased that she was living life to the fullest. The meal was ready and Jesus knocked at the door and she knew he'd be impressed with the meal, impressed with the cleanliness of the house, impressed with the immaculate condition of her gardens. And so they sat down to dinner and Mary remained at the feet of Jesus, listening to him, focusing on him, concentrating on his words and spirit. Jesus was most pleased with Mary's attitudes and commended her for it. Amen.